0: Thank you for listening to the Ridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Ridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. psalmist was right when he said it is good and fitting to sing praises to our God. It is good for us to sing praises to God day by day step by step. God is our faithful, holy, loving, trustworthy God. And God is going to speak to us this morning by His Holy Spirit in us through the teaching of His Word. And what God has to say to us is best for each one of us. So you're in the right place, uh, and we're going to hear exactly what God wants us to hear this morning so that we can continue doing what He has called us to do today and this week. So open your Bibles with me to Titus chapter 2. As you're making your way to Titus chapter 2, I want to thank uh, Kobe and Daniel and Ron and Kyle and Diego for preaching and teaching God's Word the past few weeks. We are blessed to have so many preachers and teachers of God's truth in our church family. Danny Silva, the oldest son of Pastor Daniel and Magdalena Silva, is preaching this morning in our Espanol, our Spanish service at 1045. Jorge Rivas, another one of our members, preached in our Spanish service a couple of weeks ago. A sure sign, one of the many signs, indicators of a healthy church family is Almighty God calling men and women, younger and older, into full-time ministry from within the church family. This is certainly happening here in our church family. It has been happening years past, and it is continuing to happen today in the present. My response, as always, is go, God, go. Say that with me. Go, God, go. One more time. Go, God, go. It's exciting to be a part of all that God is doing here in our church family. We're going to Turn back now, we're going to return to our study through Titus. So let's do a quick review of where we've been so we'll be ready to dive into what God has prepared for us this morning. Paul's focus in Titus chapter 1 is on sound leadership. Paul's focus in Titus chapter 2 is on sound teaching. In chapter 2 verse 1, Paul told Titus, but you are to proclaim things that are consistent with sound teaching. But you, Titus and the elders in the churches in Crete, are to proclaim, preach, and teach things, words, and actions that are consistent, that are fitting, that are appropriate, that fall into agreement with sound teaching. Sound teaching is teaching the truth of God's Word. Sound teaching helps us to grow into maturity in Christ Jesus. Sound teaching blesses everyone in a local church family. It blesses every one of us Uh, The sound teaching of God's word. And starting in verse 2, chapter 2, Paul gave us more detail about how sound teaching spreads through a church family. We begin there in verse 2. Older men are to be self-controlled, worthy of respect, sensible, and sound in faith, love, and endurance. Older men means aged men in their 50s, 60s, and older who are mature in their faith in Jesus, men who have walked with the Lord for years and years and years. Paul shared six characteristics that would be true of these godly, older, mature men in the faith. Remember, these characteristics are not automatic with age. They are developed through time spent with the Lord. He continued in verse three, said in the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good. In the same way connects verse three to verse two. And we see older women means aged women, women in their 50s, 60s and older who are mature in their faith in Jesus, women who have walked with the Lord for years and years and years. And so, Paul shared four characteristics that are to be true of these godly, older, mature women. Again, these characteristics are not automatic with age. They are developed over time, spent with the Lord. So in the same way, Paul told Titus, the older, godly, mature men are to disciple, encourage, and teach the young men in the church so The godly, older, mature women are to disciple, encourage, and teach the young women in the church. The young men and the young women include teenagers and children. What Paul is sharing with Titus and us this morning is simply this. We are all in view in this passage. Titus 2 and the verses we're looking at includes a word for all of us. We're all in view in this passage because we are all older than someone. We learn from the godly examples of the men and women who are older than us, and we become and live as godly examples to the younger folks that God places around us that are looking up to us. And so we see here we are All in view. This is one of the ways that sound teaching spreads through the local church. We see it in all of our different ministries, we see it in our student ministry. Those Seventh graders and those eighth graders, who do you think they're looking up to as they enter in, they begin in that student ministry? They're looking up to those 11th graders, those juniors and those seniors who have walked with the Lord longer than they've walked with the Lord, who are more mature in the Lord than they are. And they're looking up to them to be an example a model, even as they look to those older, but those in their group, their peer group, They're looking to those juniors and seniors. That's why it's so important, this teaching, this truth from Paul to Titus and to us this morning... It's so important for all of us, no matter our age or stage in life, we are all here in view. So let's continue with what God has for us in verses 4 and 5 this morning. But before we get into verses 4 and 5, let's real quick look again at verse 3. In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good. Notice the fourth characteristic, Paul told Titus the godly older women are to teach the younger women what is good. What is good means what is good, what is beautiful, what is excellent, what is pleasing to God. What this means is the godly, older, mature women in the faith are to teach the young women about God who is good, God's word which is good, and the good works that God has prepared in advance for those young women to do. So to turn the focus on to God. And so we see here uh, in this passage that this is a huge reason for encouragement. And we're gonna look at encouragement now because Paul shared the what. The what is teach what is good. Now Paul shares the why. Look in verse four. Here's the why. So that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, kind, and in submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. Two reasons here in this passage why the godly older women are to teach the young women what is good and pleasing to God. The first reason is encouragement. It's encouragement. He says there in verse four so that they may encourage the young women. So the first reason is encouragement. What Paul shares with Titus and us right away, first off, here is he wants us to understand this simple truth. Godly, older women are uniquely called and gifted, equipped by God to be able to encourage young women. The godly, older, mature women in the faith are uniquely called and gifted by God to encourage the young women. I see this play out in my family on a weekly basis. I see it play out day by day on a weekly basis. One example is our oldest daughter, Jessica, and her husband, Justin. As they are raising our grandkids, uh, Lila, who's 20 months, and Adam, who's almost two months, as they raise our grandkids, Jessica has questions. She has many questions. And so what does she do? Every week, she's on the phone, and guess who she's calling? She's not calling me. She calls Kim, and she says, Mom, help. Why does she call Kim? Because Kim is uniquely gifted, equipped, and able to encourage her in a very specific way. We also love the fact that she will also call godly older women in the church where she and her husband are ministering. And she'll ask them. For help as well. Why? Because there's that need for encouragement. First reason is encouragement. Encouragement here is from the original word sophronizo, and it means to be sober minded, it means to have a sound mind, it means to control one's thoughts, it means to be sensible and to live sensibly. So Paul is sharing with us here something that we already know, and he's bringing it home into the family. He's bringing it home into the church family, and what we already know, and he's applying it with godly older women and the young women, is this, encouragement. Godly encouragement is important. Godly encouragement is important to all of us, but in particular the young women in the church family. Godly encouragement is important because... We know and understand as we've just finished singing and and sharing that in this world, we're going to face trials, troubles, tribulations, and difficulties. We need encouragement in those times to continue walking by faith through those times. We know godly encouragement is necessary. It's important because Jesus told us that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. God has saved us out of this world by his grace through our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so we know world, biblically, is defined as those who are in rebellion against God and opposition to God. John told us in 1 John chapter five that the whole world is under the sway, leadership, and influence of Satan, who is the evil one. So we know this world, its beliefs, Its messages, its philosophies, its thoughts, and its ways are in direct opposition to God, God's word, God's will, and God's ways. And so it stands to reason something that we all know, and we are reminded of this day by day, it's not easy living God's way today. It's not easy being a godly woman in an ungodly world. It's not easy being a godly man in an ungodly world. World. And so, what Paul told Titus and us is this He's saying, Listen, the godly, mature, older ladies in the church, you must come alongside and teach and encourage the young women in the church to keep a sound mind, to stay focused on the truth of God's word, to stay focused on God's will and God's ways so that they will not be distracted and led away from God by sin, by selfishness, or by the ways and messages of this world that are opposed to God and the truth of God and the things of God. And so Paul here then listed seven points of encouragement that the godly older women are to pour into young women. Seven points of encouragement. These are awesome. Seven points that godly older mature women are to to look to pour into the younger women. And so we are going to take a look at these this morning. Now, real quick, these seven points of encouragement are in the present tense and the active voice. So what that simply means is this. These are everyday commitments and decisions that godly women and for the same reason godly men, but in particular, the specific context, godly women, are to uh, seek to apply in God's strength for God's glory. Everyday commitments and decisions that are being made. So when we walk through this list, these seven points of encouragement, these are everyday decisions uh, that are to be practiced uh, in the lives of the godly mature older women and the younger women so let's look at this list uh, and we'll make our way through lord willing uh, we'll make our way through all seven points of encouragement this morning first we see and so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands the first encouragement is love your husband now we know as followers of jesus we are to be devoted to Jesus first and foremost. We're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're to always look to set apart Christ Jesus as Lord in our lives. We're to follow Christ and he'll make us fishers of people. We're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And so we know that our first and foremost responsibility is to Jesus. And we see this and we understand this and we understand. Follow this. We believe and we preach and teach that Jesus is our Savior and Lord. Another term is that is lordship salvation. We believe that's taught in God's word. We believe it, we preach it, we teach it. What does that mean? It means this. We believe Jesus is our Savior. Jesus came to this earth to take our place on the cross and pay our price for sin. The good news of the gospel is that we can receive forgiveness of sin and enter a relationship with God by God's grace through our faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross for us. His death, burial, and resurrection, which opens the way for our salvation. We believe Jesus is our Savior. He took our place. He paid our price. Only way uh, for us to have a relationship with God is through faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But we also believe, preach, and teach that Jesus is our Lord. He's not just our Savior. He's our Lord. And many times believers stop at Savior and they don't realize he's Lord as well. What does that mean? Jesus is Lord means he's in charge of us, not us. He's in charge of us. He leads, we follow. Every day and in every way, including marriage. So Paul told Titus, To make sure these godly older women in the churches in Crete teach the young women to love their husbands. So, one question is, why did Paul start with this point of encouragement? How interesting. Why did he start with this point of encouragement? Love your husband. I believe there's many different answers. Let me just share three real quickly with you, uh, and we'll move on to the next point. The first, I believe, is marriage is sacred. Uh, God created marriage, so God cares a lot about marriage. God created marriage, so he's serious about marriage. Marriage, God's way, means, in summary, the wife's first responsibility is to her husband, and the husband's first responsibility is to his wife. A second reason is that obedience leads to God's blessings, we are able to receive the blessings of God as we walk in obedience to God. And so as we obey God day by day, we are blessed by God. So what this means is as a wife loves her husband, her husband will be blessed, her children will be blessed, and she will be blessed. Blessings abound when this point is fulfilled. Children learn Good and bad from watching mom and dad. Children learn good and bad from watching mom and dad. Our children are blessed in part as they watch their mom love their father. And so, a third reason I think as to why Paul started with this is husbands can be difficult to love. Now, I know I'm. I'm I'll get number three is what you ladies were thinking of first off. I know this, I know this. But hey, it's the truth. I'll say it, I'll own it. Wives are to love their husbands. Young women need help from the older godly women to know how to love their husbands because husbands at times can be difficult to love. I am in need daily of the delivering, rescuing, saving, transforming grace of God in my life. And my suspicion is, so are you. We all are. And so one of the reasons for this teaching is because at times husbands can be difficult to love. Now, a godly husband will make this commitment. A godly husband will do all that he can to make it as easy as he can for his wife to be able to love him. A godly husband will do everything he possibly can to make it as easy as he can for his wife to love him. Remember, ladies, you don't have to get stressed out at this point because God has called husbands to love their wives twice as often in his word as he calls wives to love their husbands. So you're covered. God's got your back. You're covered completely. He calls husbands to love their wives more than he does wives to love their husbands. And so this is vitally important. It's a vitally important teaching. It helps to set the foundation for the home, the family life. And let me just take a moment just real quick and, and just share, because I think it's important for us. Uh, each one of us, and you hear this oftentimes when people will say this uh, in different ways and different uh, times, but there's two sides to every one of us. People say, there's two sides, I got two sides, the good side and the not so good side. And I try to make sure that as many people as possible don't see the not so good side so that they can only see the good side. And at times they'll talk about those two sides uh, and they'll spend a lot of effort and energy in talking about those two sides. And the Bible has something to say about that. And the Bible calls out the flesh and the spirit. And the Bible tells us that we are to never Embrace the flesh, we're to never indulge the flesh, and we're never to excuse the flesh as if that's just the way we are and there is nothing we can do about it. There is no way I can ever change. You just got to get used to it because that's how I am, that's who I am, and I'm never changing. That's from the enemy. That's excusing the flesh. The scriptures teach us that we're to walk by the spirit, not the flesh. As Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, and I don't live or live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We died to sin itself At the moment of salvation, we are raised to be new creations in Christ Jesus. And as we walk by the Spirit, not the flesh, we will certainly not carry out the desires of our sinful flesh. And so we understand how important this is for us. So first point of encouragement, love your wife. Second point of encouragement is love your children. Love your children. Now, loving her children comes almost naturally for a mom, but this doesn't mean it's always easy. Loving children can be a challenge when the children are difficult, defiant, disrespectful, disobedient, when we are exhausted, when we're alone and don't have any help, or when we're trying to love our children in our strength rather than God's strength. And so Paul tells Titus here to make sure that the godly older women in the local church family, they get with those young women and they minister to them and they come alongside them to teach and encourage them how to love their children God's way in accordance with the truth of God's word, not in accordance with the world's ways. You see, the goal for a godly young mother is to love her children like Jesus and to Jesus, which happens through Jesus. The goal of a godly young mother, same is true of godly young fathers. We'll talk to the fathers and the guys next Sunday. But it's to love her children like Jesus, to love her children to Jesus, which can only happen as she loves them through Jesus and his power. His wisdom, alive and at work in her life. The goal of godly parents, let me just remind us, the goal of godly parents is to raise our children to know Jesus, love Jesus, and live for Jesus. To know Jesus, love Jesus, and live for Jesus. This happens best when we as parents know Jesus, love Jesus, and live for Jesus at home, at work, at church, and at play. So they see that example, that model, and they're able to follow along. So older godly women, mature women in the faith, come alongside the young women and teach them to love their husbands, teach them to love their children. Second, or the third is to be self-controlled. Self-controlled here means to be sober-minded. It means to have a sound mind. It's from the same root word as encourage is from in verse four. It it means to control one's thoughts and actions so that you can live according to God's word, not the world's ways. Now, if you've already seen, I'm sure you have and you've noticed in our study of Titus, Paul shared in chapter one that a qualification of an elder is to be self-controlled. Paul shared in chapter two, verse two, that the older men are to be self-controlled. Now... In verses 4 and 5, Paul comes and shares that the godly older women are to help encourage and teach the younger women to be self-controlled. If you look ahead to next week, guess what? The godly older men are to come alongside the younger men in the church, and they're to teach them to be, you got it, self control So we see a theme here. Thankfully, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit that God, by His Holy Spirit in us, produces in us as we seek him first, as we humble ourselves before him, as we walk by the spirit, as we live God's way, not our way, as we seek to walk in obedience to him by his power at work in us, then God produces this self-control in us. And he not only gives us the desire, but he gives us the strength to demonstrate that self-control to all those who are around us. In this Self-control, this fruit of self-control allows us to be able to say no to sin, no to self, and no to responding out of our flesh, and yes, to the Savior Jesus. Self-control, it's that fruit of self-control that helps us as young moms, young dads, as men and women, no matter our age or stage in life, it helps us to respond God's way to those who may be coming at us the world's way. It helps us to continue to be a witness in the shining light of Christ as we are able to exhibit that fruit of self-control. So the godly, mature, older women are to teach younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled, to be pure is the fourth point. It says to be pure, which means to be chaste, to be modest, to be free from immorality. Pure in this passage points to moral and sexual purity, points to faithfulness to her husband, Immorality was rampant then in Paul's day as it is today. Pornography was rampant in Paul's day as it is today. Temptation was rampant in Paul's day as it is today. Sin was rampant in Paul's day as it is today. Younger women needed the encouragement and the teaching and the help, the assistance of the godly older women in the church, to stay faithful to God first and then to be faithful to their husbands. You see, a godly wife is to be a one-man woman, just like a godly man is to be a one-woman man. And so Paul makes this clear to Titus to make sure the elders in the churches in Crete are helping to teach and preach these truths to those in their local churches so that the godly older men will know their role in the local churches, so that the godly older women will know their role in the churches, so that the whole church is blessed and benefited by the sound teaching spreading throughout the church. So to teach them to be pure. Fifth is to teach them to be workers at home. Paul said to be workers at home, which means homemakers. It means busy at home. It means to care for their home and those in their home. Now, we know here from the context of this passage that there were some young women coming to faith in Christ in the churches in Crete who were lazy. They were idle. They were so consumed with interests outside their homes that they neglected their home and those in their home. And so Paul shared with Titus to encourage the godly older women to encourage and to help and to teach the young women how to balance marriage, children, relationships, and work. Work inside the home, work outside the home, and in some cases, both. Proverbs 31 gives us a great example. The Proverbs 31 woman is a great example of a godly woman and wife and mother who skillfully and wisely balances her marriage, her children, her relationships, and her work inside and outside the home. This balancing act was and is a challenge, which is why the young women needed the encouragement from the godly older women. And this obviously also includes those who are single, those ladies who are single. They too are to apply the truth of this word. They're to care for their homes, even though they may be single, because all they are and all they have is from the Lord. And it's a way in which they honor and glorify God by caring for all that God's given to them. And it also helps to prepare them for when God may bless them and bring that husband and bless them with children at a point in time. And so we see Paul, again, sharing these points of encouragement help these younger women to be able to apply these truths. The sixth is to be kind. It's to be kind. Be kind. Kind means to be good, to be pleasant, to be joyful in word and in deed. So the God of the older women to help teach the young women to be kind, to be joyful, to be pleasant in word and deed. Being kind Truly is living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. Being kind points others to Jesus. Once again, we see that kindness, much like self control, is a fruit of the Spirit. And so, as the young women, as the godly older women, as the godly older men, as the young men, as we as followers of Jesus Christ, as we walk by the Spirit, not the flesh, as we live our lives in surrender to God day by day, living in His power showing our faith in God by our obedience to God, then God produces kindness in us. And he gives us the desire and the strength to be kind. When we would much prefer to be unkind, when we would prefer to come after those who are being unkind to us, God, by the power of his Holy Spirit in us, when we're walking by the Spirit, allows us, much like Jesus did, to respond with kindness. And as you know, this as well as I do, when we're able to respond to unkindness with kindness, it makes a loud statement. It makes a huge statement. And it, again, continues to shine the light of Christ that dwells in us through us. Again, we're talking about our older brothers and sisters in Christ helping younger brothers and sisters in Christ live God's way. And so we see the importance that Paul shared with Titus and these elders in Crete as it relates to the godly older women pouring into the young women. The seventh characteristic here, the seventh point of encouragement, is to be faithful followers. Now, without question, some of these points probably are pressing on a button internally probably pressing, possibly pressing on a button internally uh, in some of the women here this morning and in some of the men because, again, this is God's truth. And what did we say at the very beginning? God's truth and the world's ways and the world's messages that are broadcast every day in every way from every perspective known to man that you see and that you hear are in direct opposition. To the word, And so if we're filling our minds continually with the Word's ways and the world's thoughts and messages, and we come to the Word this morning, there's going to be a collision. There's going to be a big collision. And there's going to be a tendency to resist the Word of God, a tendency to get angry. And I would encourage you to understand and realize that God's truth is always best for us. It's always right. It always blesses us. And this seventh point of encouragement is a point of encouragement that tends to create that resistance and that anger more than any of the other points. Uh, I firmly believe it's because it is the most misunderstood of the points. And when you misunderstand the truth of God's word, it can lead you in some bad directions. And so what we see here is at the end of verse 5, he continues, the seventh point of encouragement is to be faithful followers. And he says, to be self-controlled, pure, works at home, kind, and in submission to their husbands, in submission to their husbands. Authority and submission, real quickly, is taught throughout the scriptures. Authority and submission is seen throughout God's word from the very first page to the final page. Authority and submission is seen in the Trinity. Jesus, God the Son, submitted to God the Father's plan for his life, which was to come to earth to rescue us from our sins by his sacrifice for us on the cross. God the Holy Spirit submitted to God the Father's plan and waited for God the Son, Jesus, to uh, complete his 40 days of post-resurrection appearances. And once God the Son ascended back into heaven, to sit at the right hand of the God the Father, then God the Holy Spirit came to dwell in believers at Pentecost and he has continued to do so up until this very moment, dwelling in believers every day at that very point of salvation. And so we see authority and submission throughout God's word. These are biblical, good, beneficial principles for us. Submit here literally means to voluntarily and willingly come under the leadership of another. Submission here was initially in Paul and Titus 8, it was a military term. It was used of the soldiers. It was used for the soldiers and how they were to voluntarily and willingly come under the leadership of their commanding officers and then to follow the leadership of their commanding officers. And so we see that Paul is encouraging Titus to share with those godly mature older women to teach the young women to live in submission to their husbands. What does that mean? It means that God's will is for the wife to voluntarily and willingly come under the leadership Of her husband. As Paul shared in Ephesians chapter 5, wives submit to the husband as to the Lord. And there's the key as to the Lord. As a godly wife submits to God, God then empowers her to submit to her husband. He gives her the desire and the strength to submit to her husband. Now, a few points that we need to make clear. Submission here for the wife is specific to her husband, not all men. Submission does not mean the wife is inferior to her husband. Submission does not mean the wife is to be a doormat for her husband. Submission does not mean the wife doesn't have a voice with her husband. Submission does not mean the wife has to endure a moment of abuse or violence from her husband. If there is ever any abuse or violence in the home, in the marriage, the wife is to seek help, to speak up, and to get separation for the abuser. There's never a point in time where that is okay. In any husband, who somehow, someway misconstrues the word of God because that's exactly what they're doing and thinks that they're able to be a dictator over their wife, which means they get to order their wives around and tell their wives what to do and how to do it and then to come down on them when they don't do it their way is sadly mistaken, outside the will of God. And he needs a godly older man to lay hands on him in the most spiritual of ways. I mean, I got a little wound up, I guess. That's <laughs> that self-control that I'm supposed to have. Little, little slip. But you get it. it. It's so vitally important. And listen, part of the reason why the lost world stays lost. It's because of we in the church we're not doing it. We're not doing it the right way. And so we have got to desperately cling to this word and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives so that we can live out his word, so we can honor him because it is what God uses as part of his work and his world to draw folks to him is our witness for him. And so we see that as long as her husband doesn't ask his wife to do anything unbiblical, unsafe, unwise, illegal, or immoral, the godly wife is to trust God and to come under the leadership of her husband. She can trust and know that God will use her obedience to him to reach the heart of her husband and to minister to the heart of her husband. And that God is watching over her and will strengthen her in this way. And so it's vitally important for us to understand the power of these points of encouragement. The first reason a godly, mature, older woman is to teach the young women what is good and pleasing to God is encouragement. The second is honor. The second is honor. You see here at the end of verse five, and in submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. Slandered means discredited. It means dishonored. It means blasphemed. These seven points of encouragement, when they are put into practice, enable a godly, mature older woman and younger women to honor God and the truth of God's word. We honor God and his word as we live out our faith in God by our obedience to God and God's word. You see, as witnesses for Jesus, we are to shine the light and love of Jesus to all those God places around us. We're followers of Jesus, we're disciples of Jesus, we're servants of Jesus, we're ministers for Jesus, but we are also witnesses for Jesus. And as we live for Jesus, we're able to point others to Jesus. So what's our application? What's our takeaway this morning? Two quick points this morning. Number one is find an example to follow. Find an example to follow. God has designed his local church and he has filled his local church with godly, older, mature men and godly, older, mature women in the faith so that he can also fill his church with the young men and young women so that They can grow together so that the mature, older men and women in the church can help bless and encourage and teach the younger men and women in the church. So I would encourage you this morning, especially those in that stage and age where you are in that younger group, and you can do this at any age and stage, but find an example Worth following. Go to a brother or sister in Christ here in our church family. If you don't have your father or mother here local, even if you do, there are men and women here in this church that would love to be able to pour into you and encourage you. It requires us to be transparent, it requires us to be vulnerable, it requires us to take off that mask that says, Oh, we're good, everything's good, we have a perfect life, we have a perfect marriage, we have a perfect family, everything's good, and be able to just find a way to get vulnerable and honest and be able to go to a godly man, to be able to go to a godly woman who is more advanced in the faith in us after praying for God to identify that person to us and then to be able to go to them and say, will you help me? I need help. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my marriage. I don't know what to do with my kids. I don't know what to do with myself. I, I don't know how to balance what's happening in my life. Can you help me find an example to follow. I firmly believe that there are godly men and women in here who would jump at the chance to meet up for coffee or for lunch or breakfast or whatever the case may be, to be able to pour encouragement, godly wisdom, godly encouragement, these truths into those who are in need. A second application step is be an example worth following. Listen, we live God's way today so that we can be an example we're following to those who God places around us, to those who are coming after us. There are folks who are younger than we are that look up to us just as we look up to those who are older than we are. And so we need to be an example worth following. We need to continue striving to live God's way day by day in his strength for his glory so that when God brings those folks our way, that we're able to pour encouragement and God's truth into them. What this means is simply this, we're to look for opportunities to pour God's encouragement into one another. So the picture is this, it's those who are looking for an example to follow and those who are being example we're following, they're coming and they're going to run right into each other and they're going to meet each other in the middle because both are seeking the Lord's vision to be able to do what God's called them to do and to be able to come together and to minister to one another. The purpose here fulfills what we see throughout the scriptures, and that is simply this. Being a part of a church family is a huge blessing. It's a huge blessing. God has designed the church. He's designed us to be a blessing to one another. He's designed us so that we can come to one another and we can help one another and we can encourage one another along the way, day by day, step by step. He's designed church so that when one laughs, we all laugh. When one cries, we all cry. That we're able to help one another, that we're able to lift one another up, that we're able to encourage one another, that we're looking for opportunities to pour into one another because we know and understand as well as anyone. We understand together that we are going to face trials. We're going to face challenges. We're going to face tribulations. Life's not fair. It's not going to be fair. Things aren't always going to work out. We understand that there is a battle that rages within us between the flesh and the spirit. We understand that spiritual warfare is real and that the world is under the sway and influence of the evil one. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy us and our relationships with one another. And so the beauty of God's word helps to remind us, as Paul is sharing with Titus here in this passage, that the church is that safe place. For men and women, teenage children, for those older, those younger, and all across the spectrum to come together and to reach out to one another and to be a blessing to one another. And we have the joy and privilege once again this morning of doing just that. Let me ask you to bow in prayers. Our worship team comes to lead in this time of response. This is a great opportunity for us to be able to respond to the Lord in the way that he desires us to respond to him, which is always in obedience to him. His word is true. It's best for us. Our prayer partners will be sitting here at the front. The altar is open. It's always just for you to come and kneel and do business with the Father. You don't even need to wait. Maybe life has just overwhelmed you this week. Maybe things have happened. Challenges have come your way that you didn't see coming. And they brought you to your knees. Listen, being on your knees is a great place to be as long as you're looking up to the Father crying out for his help and his strength. This is a great opportunity for you, my brothers, and my sisters in Christ, to go and to pour encouragement into some others that you may know of that are struggling. Listen, I want to encourage you. If you're a mature, older, godly woman or godly man, take an opportunity this morning. The Lord's laying a person on your heart. Get up and move and go to them. Here in this room, and bring them to the altar and pray over them, pray for them. Go to them. Speak a word of encouragement to them. If you're one of my brothers or sisters who's younger and you're struggling, God's brought someone to your mind. Go to them this morning, here in just a moment. Go right now. Get up and go to them and say, would you come pray for me? I'm struggling. I can't keep going. I need prayer. I need help. That's God's desire for us, his family, to run to one another, to cherish one another to bless one another, to embrace one another, to love one another, to cry with one another, to rejoice with one another. What a joy to minister and be ministered to by one another. As always, the gospel has been presented once again this morning. If you've yet to say yes to Jesus, let me encourage you to do so right now. Say yes to Jesus. He took your place on the cross. He paid your price for sin. He died. He rose again. He's alive today. And he says, I am the way and the truth and life. And no one's going to get to God my Father except through faith and trust in me. So you have an opportunity this morning to receive God's gift of salvation. He's the one working in your life. You do that as you confess your sins to God. God. As you believe Jesus, that He is your Savior, that He did what He said He came to do, that He died on the cross for your sins, He was buried and He rose again on the third day, and He's alive and the only way to God is you just simply receive that gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus. The Bible tells us that God will come in and change you from the inside out. God knows your heart. He is the one who saves. Our God is mighty to save. Today is the day of salvation for you. Say yes. Jesus. If you're struggling, you're hurting, run to him. Cry out to him because he cares and loves you. Let's stand and let's respond to the Lord in obedience to his truth.